Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 That Time When podcast. I am joined by two of my favourite people of today. It's Tommy and Dan. Hello. Hello. How are we both today? Wonderful. Yes. 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 Not ha, long yeah. till the season starts now. Ha 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 Well, when, it, when this goes out. Yeah. Sure. When is this going out? Quite quite before. As a preview to the Australian Grand Prix, so we'll all be hyped and ready for the first race of the season. When in reality, to give you guys an idea, this is filmed on the 20th of February. 2016. So we've had. To... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. it could have been because uh, today we are talking about that time when Braun GP took a 1-2 in its debut. Unbelievable. Wow. Poet and you didn't know it. Yeah. That's actually I thought you were doing that deliberately. No. Mm. No, I wasn't. But clearly, you know, I just exude creativity. So the first race of 2020, as we just mentioned, is just a couple of weeks away. Well, it isn't for us, but it will be for you when you're listening. So we thought we'd take a look at one of the most memorable season openers in recent years. Braun GP being legends, basically. Yeah. So actually, our last That Time When podcast was about Honda. This one is slightly about it as well. The withdrawal of Honda. So the team we had a bad season in Honda, 2008 we? when they were their own team. Is that correct? That is they correct. did have a shocker. And then they suddenly pulled out of the sport at the end of the season due to the global recession. And they thought F1, far too expensive. Nah, yeah. we're done. They were the first of a few, weren't they? Because the year after BMW and Toyota left. Yep. And then the year after that, Renault left. So yep. all the manufacturers were like, nope, see you later. Mm-hmm. Renault oh. came back there, didn't they? They just they wanted a bit more. They couldn't. They just really wanted to come back and be mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> but the team continued to work on the car. Is that correct? Yes. So what do you, what well, do you mean by that? So, a, so even though basically they pulled out, uh, they were still working on it. Yeah. At the uh, the start of the year, I think they brought Ross Braun on as team principal to try and turn the team around. Yeah. And uh, very soon into 2008, the car was so bad that they just said, "No, we're sacking off this year." Big rule change for 2009. Let's put all our focus there. Um, what was the rule changes for 2009? Uh, basically, they got rid of all of those tiny little aero winglets that had sprung up all over the 2008 cars. Yeah. Uh, the rear wings got narrower and taller, and the front wings got lower and wider, and it was hoped it would it would in- improve overtaking. Okay. Can you remember your reaction to seeing the cars for the first time? Because I remember I was like, seeing Is that the a photo BMW yep. Sauber. <laughs> With the longest, like the widest front wing I've ever seen in my life, it looked <laughs> yeah. like a snowplow. Especially after you'd had these like really sleek, slim cars with aero bits everywhere, and you're like, "Oh, this would be great." Because I remember that era where everyone was saying, "You know, we need to get these stupid wings off the cars because they look hideous." Yeah, and then they were released, and everyone was like, "That is the ugliest Formula One car <laughs> I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, and even like the rear wing as well was like really high. Really, yeah, really thin and tall. I, I think towards the end of that era, like 2016, they sort of looked okay because they'd evolved a bit. But back yeah. in 2008, oh 2009, God. they looked so basic. They looked like shock. toys. They were, yeah. they were pretty bad. Yeah, horrific time for Very F1 fans. Weird. Then, yeah, yeah. I imagine but, if uh, social media was rife during uh, this year, then there would have been a lot of tweets saying, "What's the hell is this? F1's yeah. over, right?" Yeah, yeah. 
So let's talk a little bit about the sale of the team and Honda. So there were a number of different potential buyers and uh, it end up, ended up being a management buyout by Ross Braun himself, hence why it was then called Braun GP. For £1. For £1. And they saved, saved the team with less than a month before the first race. Like, that is yeah. not a lot of yeah. time to turn around <laughs> that, an F1 team, is it? No. I mean, like you say, they, they kept working on the car because although Honda withdrew... They are still motorsport and Formula One fans and appreciated that people had jobs and they still wanted the team to do well. They just needed so to So they buy thought, it. we're going to yeah. give it every chance that someone can buy this. Because, you know, so if someone buys a team that nothing's been done for three months, yeah, that's not, not going to make it attractive. Whereas yeah, if yeah. it's a team that's more or less good to go, then then they'll get some buyers. But eventually they all fell through and it just had to be brawn. I bet Honda were kicking themselves a bit as well, weren't they? Surely, you know, selling the team yeah. and having <laughs> the best car by a country mile in Australia. Yeah. yeah, kind of summarises Honda's poor luck, really, and how things went for them after, you know, we were mentioning them, the McLaren era, as in the first McLaren era where they were the best. Um, but yeah, 2008, they were pretty poor and had, a, again, a lot of reliability issues and stuff. And yeah. With their Earth livery. Oh, Remember yeah. that classic? <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so let's look at testing before we go to the actual Australian Grand Prix itself. The, the car was sponsorless. Obviously, with only having a month to turn it around, there wasn't any time to put loads of stickers on the cars and find people to, to plough in money. But at the same time, they were absolutely rapid. Yeah. But they also thought it was a publicity stunt. Everyone thought, not a chance. They're on one kilogram of fuel. They yeah. just want yeah. to make the headlines, get the sponsors, hence why, you know. A bit like when, an empty uh, car. that time when Prost GP ran underway to attract sponsors. Oh, if you haven't oh. listened to that, go yeah. take it, check it out. <laughs> I can't remember when we filmed that, but it's somewhere. This in time the... last year. Yeah. Oh. I was in testing. Oh, yeah, of course. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah that makes perfect so sense. one of our first ones. I think it probably was the first one, wasn't it? Oh, my God. Go check that out. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah so everyone thought it was just Braun GP. They have no sponsors. They're pretending to be quick. Please sponsor us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, as well, people thought well, there's no way it can be quick because it was designed for a Honda engine, and then at the last deal, last minute, they managed to get a deal with Mercedes, and they basically just had to chop the car up to make it fit. So it didn't fit in the chassis properly, and they had to sort of shorten the car and all sorts of things. Yeah. So it was like, how can this mishmash of a car be fast? Let's just ignore it. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not so good. much better when you take an entire year out of Formula One to uh, match it to uh, a car like McLaren did in 2015. So just chopping it out, <laughs> chopping a Mercedes engine in. Maybe that's, that's what it. they should have done. And yeah. also BMW just... that year as well. Because in, yeah. in 2008, BMW, they had like a three-year plan. And in 2008, it was to win a race. And in 2009, it was to win the championship. In 2008, the Cubits have won the Canadian Grand Prix. They so said, right, okay, that's our goal for this year done. Screw the fact that we're challenging for the championship. That's what, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Hamilton <laughs> and Massa fighting each other. Cubits could have won that title. Yeah. He genuinely could have won that title if they'd pushed for it. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, do we have any times from testing? How quick they were? Like, or can you remember how uh, how far ahead I, of the field? They I remember were? an interview from Jensen Button that said that they went straight out of the pits and were a second quicker than anyone. Yeah, and he said at the moment he drove the car, he was like, "This is a good car." Like he just knew mm. it was fast. It was reliable, really, really fast. Just literally straight out. I think there was a thing recently as well where they said they were like looking around the garage trying to find any bits of weight to add to the car to make it look slower because <laughs> it, it was too fast like it was it looked fast in testing but apparently it was way faster than even that yeah so what was it about the car that actually made it fast what were the ingenious designs that they had somehow managed to to create even though they were chopping stuff in and out uh, the double diffuser the double diffuser talk to me about this double diffuser 
Right. Well, here we go. Um, basically, <laughs> go it was it was not just Braun that had this. Um, it was Toyota and Williams had designed it as well. Yeah. And basically, the diffuser, the intention of the rules was the, the top of the diffuser essentially would be flat and then the, the aero from the diffuser would come underneath it. But what these teams realized is that if they integrated the top of the diffuser with the bottom of the crash structure, they could direct air above it and essentially have more aero coming from the, this diffuser at the rear of the car. Um, and that, that was a big part of it, which apparently came from a Super Aguri engineer because Super Aguri had folded early in 2008 and mm. some of the engineers went over to Honda and apparently that's one of the things they were working on. So it's like, if oh, Super wow. Aguri had existed, maybe Super Aguri would have, would have won the championship. Can we ch- rechange this title to that time when Super Aguri was responsible for Braun GP <laughs> scoring a 1-2? <laughs> Sato and Davidson championship battle. Oh my Injects God. Inject that into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> what a team they were. But yeah, I guess like like we were saying earlier, you know, they'd, they'd put in... It's classic Formula One, isn't it? They'd put in all these rules to stop people getting lots of nice downforce, and Ross Braun is like, "No, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good." And other teams protested it because they th- thought it was against the spirit of the rules. And, yeah, um, the FIA eventually said, "No, no, it's fine." But uh, apparently, something I, I learned quite recently was that in 2008, Braun had realised that this massive loophole was in the rules, and in like a meeting with the strategy group said like look we've we've found this thing that means that our cars are going to be as as fast as they were in 2008 and 2009 mm. even with all this downforce stripped off and they basically just said oh no no it's fine so he he's, he kind of warned formula one that there would be this thing that made the cars have crazy downforce again and be really quick and yeah. they just they just ignored it like, what didn't hear you sorry carry on about your day <laughs> <laughs> let's look to the australian grand prix then the build up towards it there was Slight discussions, I guess worries maybe that Braun GP actually were as quick as they were showing in testing. Uh, I'm sure rumours around the paddock would have gone after testing that you know Braun was actually quick, and I imagine Braun were obviously coming out and saying they were because they needed sponsors. And yeah, I uh, mean it was mad because you know the I, I remember at the start of the season, everyone was going you know surely. Surely Braun it's, aren't going to win the championship. Yeah, yeah. Surely McLaren aren't absolutely like, woeful. Everyone thought it was year. another Prost thing again. Like, yeah. Literally, like, I don't think anyone's... Like, they probably thought, oh, you know, they might be podium contenders or something. I don't think anyone quite realised that the car was just that good. Well, well, let's 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 be honest. Like, So imagine this year that Alpha Tauri have done what Braun did. You know, we'd all be in our podcast and I'm sure, you know, Jess would be going, it's testing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We'd all be saying it, wouldn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, So Well, this is one of the times when testing did matter. And yeah. they showed exactly the cards that they had, which is not something we usually see, is it? We have Ferrari usually for the last four or five years being top and not winning the championship once. But yeah. Braun, just, <laughs> Braun just showed straight up their hand and we're like, oh God, slow us down, quick. So anyway, Australian Grand Prix, as I say, you know, all eyes were on brawn as to whether they were actually fast and there was a pre-race protest by some of the teams about the design of the diffusers on some of the cars including the brawn but as you say everything was waved clear yeah fine carry on lads you're doing an absolutely perfect job uh, but williams was fastest in all practice sessions <laughs> when were they not in 2009 uh, that was the whole that was a meme wasn't it that yeah. rosberg would just be fast i think it was fast yeah yeah and nakajima did they ever come out and say why they did that? Or they just did low I, fuel runs all the time? I don't know. Just for a bit of banter? Just, just Williams They things. were pretty quick that year. They were a good car that year, yeah. But not as quick as not they were as trying quick to show in practice. Um, but when it came to qualifying, Jensen Button and Barrichello front row lockout 
and that's when we all went ah, ah yeah <laughs> it's happening it's yeah. actually real and yeah. uh, then we were thinking right button versus barrichello for the championship uh, so some of the other Who top would teams have predicted that eh? <laughs> and some of the other top teams were struggling uh, that's when kurz made its debut um, but not every team ran it why was that it didn't have the tech it was it was a bit chunky. It made it's it quite heavy. Because yeah, it? yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah. yeah, some teams ran it. BMW only had it on Heidfeld's car because he was like half the size of Kubitzer. <laughs> um, so Kubitzer didn't have it. Um, I remember because yeah, I remember McLaren having it. Well, McLaren and Ferrari had it, and they were pretty poor they that were season. Awful at the start so of it the didn't year, really yeah. matter that they had this essentially a overtaking boost button because when the cars were anyway. just shockingly bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah good, good mention actually of McLaren and Ferrari because McLaren qualified 14th and 15th and Ferrari 7th and 9th. Yeah, mad. Yeah. So, yeah, Hamilton... Yeah, because they... Yeah, was... Oh no, he wasn't knocked out in Q2 but he didn't set a time in Q2. Why was that? Do you remember? Oh yeah, gearbox failure, I think. Okay. Yeah, so he started, Damn, eight, he started 18th. So the, started, reigning, oh, the reigning world champion started 18th. Get, get, run us through the grid. Okay, so you had... 10. So Jensen Button, Barry Callow and they were... Uh, Burn did a 126.2, Barry Keller did a 126.5. Then you had Vettel was next with a 126.8. So that was Vettel for Red Bull. Uh, fourth was Kubica for BMW Sauber. Rosberg for Williams. Glock for Toyota. Massa for Ferrari. Truly for Toyota. Raikkonen for Ferrari. And Weber for Red Bull. Oh. So you had, yeah, no, um, it was really weird that, yeah, that it yeah. was it was I remember odd because there was a lot of races where you had Hamilton, Alonso, and Raikkonen fighting for like fourteenth. Yeah. And it was like this is <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this, even though yeah. it's nice that there's an underdog story. Yeah. These are like the three best drivers in Formula One. And yeah. they're fighting over fourteenth place. It seemed really weird. So looking at the race now, Button kept the lead at the start and Barrico almost stalled. And hit Weber at turn one and dropped to seventh, uh, which then meant Vettel was running in second, Massa in third. And we've mentioned Hamilton struggles starting 18th after a gearbox penalty, but then made his way up the order and was fifth by lap 40. Decent drive that, eh? Shows how quick that Braun was as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There was, there was a, a mid-race safety car when uh, Kazuki Nakajima was running fourth for Williams, which is like, I don't remember that happening at all. He crashed, yeah. he crashed out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got both Toyotas also progressing after starting from the pits and, yeah. but Button comfortably out in front just extending the gap because Barrichello yeah. was nowhere near at that point because yeah, he'd fallen yeah. back um, but then when we look to near the end unless anyone has anything about what's gone on so far in the race are we no, it was, interesting it, Go on. it was sort of just like Button out front and then it was there was some action further back but it wasn't it wasn't a crazy race. He didn't have loads of retirements like you sometimes do in Australia. It's, right. re- it's remembered as a classic race because of the fairy tale story, not the, I guess, not, not the action. Of yeah, the race. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a banger, was it? No. So when we look to towards the end of the race, as you say, not not much happens, and Australia isn't usually the uh, most chaotic Grand Prix. Um, Barrichello recovered to fourth, which, when you look at the brawn. You probably expect him to have uh, maybe done a little bit better, but it's Rubens. Yeah. So, uh, Kubica <laughs> running third, uh, who tried to pass Vettel, and the two collided and retired. I do actually remember that. Was that turn? That like, was that in the first sector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn yeah. three, is it? Yeah. The tight right, the right yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, which brought out the safety car, which then 
gave Barrichello second place, and uh, then it was the Braun 1 2, with Trulli third for Toyota from the pit lane. What a yeah. car that was. Usually yeah, it's a Trulli yeah. train, but he was quick in the Toyota race. Toyota were good that Toyota season. Really Toyota good. must have been absolutely fuming that Braun had essentially yeah. saved the team because they ended up never winning a Formula One race. And that yeah. year, if Braun weren't there, they would have got maybe four or five wins. Yeah, they had the even to- been title challenges. Yeah, I think the Toyota that year, at some races, it was mega. At other races, I, rem- I remember, was Glock it? got pole, didn't he? In uh, Truly got pole in Bahrain, Bahrain. And they had a few podiums. Truly almost won at Suzuka somehow. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But then I think at Monaco, they were like 19th and 20th on the grid or something. Like It just didn't work at some tracks, but yeah. at others, it was incredible. It's like a even more extreme version of Haas. last year's Haas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking, what was it Magnussen getting fourth or fifth in Austria, wasn't it? And then Yeah, and then plummeting down Q1 the field. And, yeah. and a lot of the other ones. Um, and, and, and of course, Williams, who smashes every single practice session, were absolutely nowhere in the race. So just uh, showboating for, for some reason in those practice sessions. And of course, as you say, you know, it wasn't it wasn't about the action. It was about the, the fairy tale story of this team being saved just a month before the Australian Grand Prix. And then Braun GP get a 1-2 in their debut. And only the third team in F1 history to win its first race. Is that counting the first people? Won? No, that's ah, not okay. Because Wolf won it in Wolf, 70... Wolf in 77 seven. and Mercedes in 54. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember that race well. That was yeah. classic, that was. 54, yeah. I remember yeah. just sat there drinking my milk. I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> not Lando, I promise. <laughs> Uh, and the team didn't even know if the cars would finish the race. That's the beauty of it, isn't it? They didn't even know that they would have a, a functioning car for the Australian Grand Prix, and it turns out they're absolutely rapid. Ridiculous. Yeah. However, the drama did not end there. Oh, serious Yano Trilli. So he was penalised for passing Hamilton under the safety car, which promoted Hamilton to third, which would have been an amazing drive. And you know, Yeah, yeah. Just... especially because Hamilton... Like, the, the whole talk before that was the McLarens absolutely... Dog Trash. crap, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. and there's absolutely no way that they're going to even get a point, never mind yeah. results. And you know, Hamilton almost well, he ended up third after Trudy's penalty. But the only reason he ended up third uh, was because apparently he lied to the stewards, which uh, came boy. out weeks later when new evidence was discovered. Now, in my head, I'm I'm just like, how how does that happen? How does Hamilton go? Yes, blah blah blah, this happened, and then. So surely there's, is there not telemetry on boards? What was it that he lied about that he could get away with until new evidence was discovered? Uh, well, I think I, I've, I think I'm remembering this correctly. When the final safety car came out, Hamilton did he go off? Was Hamilton, no, Hamilton, I believe was Hamilton believed was, he was ahead. Hamilton uh, was ahead. Here we go. And he, slowed down. He went off at the penultimate corner. Yeah. Uh, truly overtook him, and then. Uh, no, Trulli went off at the penultimate corner. Hamilton overtook him just as the safety car was coming out. So Hamilton asked his team, like, do I need to let Trulli back past? And they said yes, which was incorrect. Like, Hamilton had the position, but he let Trulli back past. And then the FIA obviously saw after the race, oh, Trulli's passed Hamilton under the safety car. What's this about? And then... That's why they disqualified That's Trulli. why they disqualified yeah. Trulli. But then it discovered afterwards that Ham- like, Trulli hadn't overtaken him because he'd, he'd misled the stewards. He'd misled the, yeah. He'd said that he'd overtaken me, not I let him back through. Right, right, right. So, and then they obviously went went ham on him. Because you're, al- you're allowed to, so, because Truly went off, Hamilton is allowed to overtake him. Yes. Because Truly's technically gone off. off he's not, track, he's yeah, not just yeah. ran they, wide. No, or, tr- Truly went off. Yeah. 
That's what yeah. I mean. So Hamilton's yeah. overtaken him. So yeah. he's now in third and he's yeah. allowed to keep that position. Yeah. yeah. But then he obviously let Trulli back through. Yeah. And that's where, you know, he shouldn't have done that. And that's why Truly got disqualified. But that's not really fair that they disqualified Truly because He'd been, Hamilton, Hamilton, he didn't yeah. have a choice because Hamilton's backing off. If, yeah, if a car's yeah. going slow at the side yeah. of the track because it's broken down, you don't sit behind it behind the safety car. You go, oh, they're yeah, stopping. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I just don't understand how they didn't have that evidence already in, in front of them. That, was it not obvious that Hamilton slowed down enough to... You know, for Trudy to then go back past, could they not have accessed the team radio I before? I don't know if it was as clear cut as it is no, now. No. I feel like they they had to go back through all the footage and then yeah, okay, Toyota right. complained and went, "Well, you know, we only overtook them because Hamilton backed off." And, and then left. I guess they believed that uh, Hamilton then said, "You know, wasn't there bits in the press conference where it was like, yeah, I was told to let him through,' and then he yeah, wasn't, yeah. and then." So then there was mm. this whole lie, yeah. lie gate, yeah, yeah. I think it was, was it, called. Was it gate. Dave Ryan, the sporting manager's guy? Apparently he had told Hamilton to do it and he'd lost his job over it. Oh, It was, it was very controversial, yeah. Yeah, so Dave, really... yeah. Dave Ryan was sacked by McLaren. Told him to lie. Yeah, and McLaren were given a suspended three-race ban, which would be applied if a similar offence happened within the next 12 months. Damn. This is like barely a year after Spygate as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's so like Spygate, Ligate. Spygate, <laughs> Ligate. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. naughty, naughty. And uh, he was punished, both the uh, McLaren team member and Hamilton. Disqualified for lying to the stewards and truly was reinstated to his well-deserved third place. So looking quickly to the rest of Braun's season, Button won six of the first seven races and the title, of course, Jensen Button, world champion. Still feels very strange saying that because never really felt like Button was a world champion deep down. But Ooh, I agree. It's a conversation for another yeah. time. It was a maybe. Yeah, maybe. He was a quality driver. He was think, a quality driver. I think at that point it was a little bit like, oh, he's just won it because of the car. But then I think mm. in McLaren years, he kind of proved that he was a 2011, top I was very surprised at how well he did. I thought he was going to get absolutely shafted by Hamilton and he did in sometimes you know when the car wasn't that great yeah Hamilton he was, would just be so far ahead of Button but apart from Rosberg he was his, Hamilton's closest teammate yeah. Alonso I guess yeah he was you yeah, know yeah. he didn't disgrace himself he was one of those drivers that needed a very good car on his day he could and be on his day he could be amazing but didn't Button yeah. get more points than Hamilton for one of their seasons as well? Or across, I think he overall, across but their then yeah, you yeah, could yeah. argue that there was a lot of retirements. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Difficult to, to measure up. But yeah, I don't know. It was just a, a feeling that I always had. But yeah, as you say, he did have his, his moments, his performances. But I think that was it. It wasn't a consistent, wow, he's great every single race. It was like those standout, amazing performances, especially yeah. when it was like changeable conditions or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth saying that year as well, that although the Braun was so good at the start of the year, and it's like, oh, Button only won the championship because he had a best car, the best car. The team had no money to develop it. They he used one chassis throughout the entire season because they couldn't have another chassis. <laughs> it's a very weird season, actually, results wise, because Barry Kello so Jensen Button and Barry Kello were scoring one, two finishes. Barry Kello uh, was fifth for, uh, second, fifth, fourth, fifth, second, second. Uh, that was when Button was on his winning streak, if you like, of loads of wins. But Later in the season, when, like, say, when the car got didn't have the development, yeah, Barry Kello was getting better results and actually snuck a couple of wins, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But and 
didn't win after his winning streak. How many podiums did he get after the winning streak? It was only like a couple, wasn't it? Uh, so, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, he had one podium after. Uh, two podiums. Two podiums after yeah, that. The yeah, final yeah. in Abu Dhabi and Monza, where they were rapid. Yeah. And Barrichello won. Um, yeah. It's because yeah. all the other teams basically thought, right, the double diffusers legal. And they developed their own. Yeah. And it basically closed the grid right up. And But they were so and, far and ahead. Braun that... had, had maximised their advantage and then disappeared. It was quite good for Barrichello as well because I think he was faced with being out of a job. Mm. And then because the whole team collapsed and they said, right, okay, you know, we need an experienced hand here. He was signed on for, I think, the first four races of the season mm. because the team wanted Bruno Senna in oh, the car. Yeah. But yeah. then Barrichello did a good enough job that, that they kept him on for the whole year. Yeah. Nice. So then uh, the rest of the season, as we kind of just mentioned there, you know, Barrichello stayed on and challenged for the title there or thereabouts. But, you know, as you he say, he came, he came good then. towards the end. But yeah, Vettel was, remember he was on pole yeah. in Brazil and Button was like 14th. And like, Vettel was about 15th It was as like, well, right, yeah. if Barrichello wins this and they finish down the order, then it's like a three-way tie going into it. But then What happened to Barrichello in Brazil? I think uh, he he got, finished eighth and... He, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, he finished eighth. Yeah, I think he got a slow puncture in the his race. His luck... And, Around Brazil was quite abysmal. The, yeah. Did he ever win? No, no, no. he never he won never around won. Brazil. And I remember there was races where he ran out of fuel when he was leading for Ferrari. Yeah, nearly won for Jordan. Nearly won for Stewart. Nearly won well. for Stewart. He was just amazing around there, but just yeah. had no luck. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It, it? it hurts my heart a little bit because Barrichello was one of those guys you just wanted to see do well. You just wanted him to win Brazil. He was so as well. like just well, once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, oh, he's winning. He's going to do it this time. Oh no! He's I remember when he when Barrichello won that race in Valencia that year, and it was his first win for like five years. And the whole pit lane like applauded him as he came into the pits. It was yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really nice. Such a likable guy. So obviously, Button winning the championship revived his flagging career. That's what you've put on this sheet. That's, uh, that was yeah, Dan. Yeah, was yeah, Dan. yeah. Savage, well, but fair. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was. I mean, he was literally. He'd gone. He'd been this like nearly man, and especially you know, as we're from the UK, the British media is very much like, Johnson Button's really good. Like it's yeah, going to be amazing, yeah. and then. Oh, Lewis Hamilton, bye. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah Hamilton yeah. came in, wonder kid. No one really gave him a chance anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, he hadn't... There were so many times, you know, he hadn't got victories or anything. Yeah. And this I, year, it was like, what? Oh, hello. Remember, World champion. I remember there was a meme at the time. I think it was from uh, Sniff Petrol. And it was uh, the curious case of Jensen Button. Somehow <laughs> his career was going backwards. <laughs> yeah. It was like, and then the year after he won the title. So yeah, that's brilliant. And then the team was sold to Mercedes for 2010. After all that, they win the championship, and then they're like, yeah. "Whatever happened to them?" I don't My favourite—they're not in the sport anymore, are they? Mercedes. No. My favourite kind of they silly thing. They didn't win anything. Mm. That's for sure. My favourite silly thing about Braun is that their chassis was the BGP 001. Oh, yeah. Like they were going to do a hundred <laughs> over a hundred years, <laughs> and they did one. I love that. That's amazing. Right? Anything else, chaps? Anything uh, we want to know before we go? Nope. I'm good. No. No. Okay. Just enjoy the Australian Grand Prix. Formula One. Shout out to Yano Trilli, pit lane to third. Yep, yeah, fair yeah. play. Driver. Good old Yano Trilli train. Driver of the day. Okay, driver of the day. Yeah, driver yep. of the day. Yeah, we okay. just watched that, that race back. So yeah, enjoy the Australian Grand Prix in a few weeks' time. We will be with you in a couple of weeks' time when we I wonder if Mercedes' steering wheel will be banned by then. Mm. Yeah. Well, with it's it. not allowed to go left and right. Apparently it's all legal, so who knows? But maybe it won't be legal. <laughs> when we listen to this <laughs> right thank you so much everybody for listening to that time when please give us a five star rating nothing less nothing more because you, you can't, can't give possible. us more 
exactly Simple. and also let us know in the comments slash hashtag wtf1 podcast for what you want to listen to next and that is it i don't know what the next one is planned but i'm sure we'll get it done soon dan tommy have a wonderful rest of your day oh I you will. too and we'll and you guys listening as well and girls bye 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 see when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible visit your local kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner kia movement that inspires Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.